Welcome to Deconversion Therapy. This is Karen. This is Bonnie. And we have become scholars this week. So (laughs) because of all our hard work, learning original Greek and uh, Romanium, uh, all those old languages, to bring (laughs) you... Romanium. Yep. To bring you correct information... Could you return a favor and subscribe, rate, and write a review to entertain us? We would really appreciate it. Um, And send in any of your true stories to deconversiontherapypodcast.com. Yeah, Yeah, and we've got an awesome Facebook group. You can ask to join that and then answer the questions that Karen devised. And it doesn't matter how you answer them. Just answer. Um, And then she will let you in. (laughs) She, the gatekeeper. Maybe I will. There are some people that I'm a little sketchy about. Yeah. If you're in the group, again, we're trying to divide the wheat from the chaff. We only want chaff in this group. (laughs) So don't invite your friends without telling them so that they can answer the questions. Just say, hey, Go here and join, answer the questions. Otherwise, you know, I just don't want to let in um, every uh, person on the street. That's what I But people do. are very nice in there, and they're, uh, it's a fun exchange of ideas, and it's supportive. And somebody the other day asked, uh, they're like, please, somebody just laugh at this. And they were telling about growing up in the church in the United Kingdom. And I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) and they used words I didn't understand for what must have been grape juice and were talking about how they did not use wine for communion. And I got to share that uh, we used grape juice as well. And I'm sure it was just, you know, tanned, wrinkled ladies in Jack Rogers sandals pouring grape juice. (laughs) Yeah, and fellowship hall, um, <laughs> and nothing sacred about it. Were they using cordial? Was that it? I don't know. I don't remember. It was a word I didn't know, but there might have been a D in it. The cordial, I did not understand that living in Australia. It's sort of like, you know, our frozen um, juices. Yeah. It's like that, but in a container that just looks like juice. And you keep it in your pantry, and then you mix it with water to make the juice. Oh. So it's like a concentrate. Yeah. I did not, uh, I don't validate it. Don't co-sign on that. Speaking it, of it juices that aren't it. really juice, oh my gosh, I'm reading this awesome book about uh, sugar, fat and salt and they're talking about the invention of tang (laughs) the powdered juice or the powdered drink that the astronauts took to the moon that's right if it's good enough for the astronauts think what it can do for you i just remember how it would get all stuck so in humid florida with children who probably don't put a lid on correctly karen (laughs) Listen, when I moved to Australia and moved, uh, 
Colin shoved out all his friends, and we moved into the bachelor pad, and I found a thing of tang, and the spoon was stuck. And you could <laughs> hold it up upside down like a popsicle. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. But so, but the people who invented Tang, you know, they had all of the nutritional information on the package for how much each level teaspoon was. And they uh-huh. said, well, that's just assuming that you're going to use a level teaspoon. And maybe you'd like a little bit more sweetness to your Tang. And that's you're going right. to use a rounded teaspoon. Or hell, just throw two teaspoons in there. And it reminded <laughs> me of you and I just eating it off the teaspoon. That's right. <laughs> or being too lazy to take a step towards where the teaspoons are. <laughs> so you just tilt it and shake it a little. And then, boom, <laughs> in goes a clump. And you're like, eh? oh, well. I just remember, like, your kitchen was closed, and it had this warm brownish feeling to it. I have no idea warm? if the things in All there right. were brown like the uh, appliances, but it was just warm and cozy 70s kind of kitchen. Yeah. Um, and there was tang, and there was guava paste, and there was hardened uh uh, almond paste. Almond paste. Yeah. Um, well, I know. Yeah. My dad is from Cuba, so he loves his guava paste. Any holiday, we're always giving him that. Um, and as an disgusting. adult, guess what? It's fantastic. I still don't like it. Oh, my goodness. But I don't remember no, the No, it was marzipan. Paste. You had okay. a You had a container of marzipan wow. that was not squishy anymore. <laughs> I feel, oh, nothing that was supposed to be squishy was squishy. And we had government cheese, which delighted us because someone my dad knew was on government stuff, I guess. He would get government cheese. He didn't like it. He would give it to us. It was like Christmas. And we could afford cheese, but we'd get this block of cheese. And because it was so big and looked like a cartoon, right. my mom would let us each take a bite out of it like it, <laughs> we were in a cartoon. And then then we had to do it correctly after that. Yeah, your, your kitchen was fun. There your was kitchen- ramen. Yeah, well, we lived off ramen because, yeah, my parents didn't know how to cook. Um, But, yeah, you had a good kitchen because you had, like, good food and real food in there. But if you didn't grow up eating SpaghettiOs, it's hard to relate to anybody. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's get going. All right, whatever. (laughs) What we're going to talk about this time and... Basically, we're going to give you all the stories that should have been and could have been in the Bible because they were written around that time and they are still categorized by scholars as um, Christian uh, fiction, no, Christian (laughs) writings. And I like Bonnie that somebody termed you... it fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That's what I was saying. That this is pretty much fan fiction because but second uh, and third century fan fiction. It's to me such a mystery where some of this stuff came from. I mean, hell, well, some of the stuff right. in the Bible. That's a mystery too. 
It is. So we'll get into some of that. Why don't you, um, with your new degree, tell us about what the Apocrypha <laughs> and the Gnostic Gospels are. So back when the early church was deciding which writings to put in the Bible, mm-hmm. apparently they picked and they chose. <laughs> so they didn't just compile everything um, I guess that they were the first editors, <laughs> you would yeah. say. Um, and in so so apparently they chose what would be in the Bible. And we'll talk a bit more about the whys about that after we tell some of the things that they found that didn't make it. Because um, we want to get to the funny first. Yeah. In 1945, there were a couple brothers in Egypt who were digging for fertilizer. <laughs> and there's a joke there. Um, and then they found these documents. So it's all of these leather-bound uh, journals written on papyrus. And they found them in an earthenware jug. And I've Googled it. And it's really cool to see this giant urn-like thing that apparently... Um, you know they were they were they were collected and hidden uh, since the second and third centuries. That's so crazy, or third and fourth centuries. So so they've called these writings the Gnostic Gospels, G N O S T I C, and there's a movement um, Ew, about the the Gnostics. I, I I might be calling that. Wrong. Oh yeah yeah. Um. Uh, the Gnostic texts, what have you. Um, so, so they, um, let's see, here's, here's a little bit of what Wikipedia says. Gnostics considered the principal element of salvation to be direct knowledge of the supreme divinity in the form of mystical or esoteric insight. So many mm-hmm. Gnostic texts deal not in concepts of sin and repentance, but with illusion and enlightenment. So uh, back in the Mediterranean world, it said Gnostic writings flourished among certain Christian groups until about the second century. And then the fathers of the early church denounced them as heresy. So efforts to destroy these texts proved largely successful, resulting in the survival of very little writing by Gnostic theologians. So they would have them, and apparently they had to hide them, which explains why the Dead Sea Scrolls came about and, um, and why these, um, these Gnostic Gospels, they were found in Egypt and uh, at a town called um, Nag Hammadi, in 1945. Is that supposed to, oh, 1945. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I'll tell you a little bit more after we talk about what was in them. But were they all found there or were there different ones in different times and areas discovered? I think the ones that we're going to be talking about today were found in 1945. Okay. Um, and... And they, they're like other books that could have been books of the Bible. But right, we are right. just picking and choosing the more, uh, the funnier ones. Yeah, that yeah. could have been stories that we grew up with at but, vacation Bible school. 
That's right. It would have made Vacation Bible School. There would be so many more themes. We need to theme them after each story of what could happen if these were in the Bible. Um, Well, what I find interesting, like when I'm doing my own writing, Mm -hmm. afterwards you edit and you take out stuff. Right. And that is obviously exactly one of the things that was happening because a lot of these, one might be um, their fan fiction again, like if there's a story of something, then there's someone who heard it and they decide to write their own ripoff of it right. two towns over. And that two towns over might be a small town and they never get their fan fiction back in with the rest to get published originally. Right. Or the people who are canonizing were like, this doesn't make us look good. Or this is actually too crazy. We're just going to stick with the burning bush, but we're not going, well, it's New Testament, (laughs) the fig tree dying, but we're not going to bring in some of these other things. So, Well, and that brings me to this other piece that uh, was from, I think, uh, the Huffington Post. Um, But it says, the longstanding debate over the core message of Christianity has centered largely on the concepts of salvation, redemption, and grace. And what's the origin of that and what Jesus himself really said about them, if anything. And um, then it says, the heavy hand of the early church struggled long and hard to contain its sheep from straying too far from the flock and down the paths of alternative belief systems. So they had to... They had to crush and and like uh, shut up and keep quiet the less powerful Christian movements and and call them heretics. Um, so yeah, and mainstream Christianity, whatever the denomination is, they've inherited this resistant attitude about any of the other teachings and saying that the authority say. of the church or the Bible is the one and only path to eternal life. Although this all could have been in the Bible. But they were competing religions and myths at that time, and they wanted to make sure that theirs was clearly defined. All right, so here are some of the the possible things that could have made it into the Bible. Here are the big tips. (laughs) All right. You want to start? So I shall start. Let me check. I'm still recording. Good. Okay. Good. <laughs> so we all know the story of the birth of Jesus, where Herod supposedly was jealous that this king that was prophesied was going to be born. So he said, you know, kill all the boy babies. Um, but our Bible didn't really say much about when Mary and Joseph fled. It just said that they hung out, they went and hung out in Egypt for a while. But if the gospel of pseudo-Matthew had made it in, (laughs) and to me that's more accurate because if you read any of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, scholars now know most of those actual names did not write the Bible, did not write their books. Um, Okay. So, It would have all changed if the gospel of pseudo-Matthew had made it in because that tells what they were doing and where they were. And according to that, 
Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus were hiding in a cave with a massive fire-breathing dragon. <laughs> and this, um, and we talk about like, oh, dragons, you know, where did they come up with that idea? The same place they came up with most of the things in the Bible. Dragons go back to at least 300 years before Christ in writing, where it was this Egyptian mythology where these dragons were in the underworld. So, yeah, they're the one of the myths was that this god named Ra would make the sun come up and then Ra would go down into the depths of the underworld with the dragons. And, and that's I suppose, I mean, you're very limited to what your world is when you couldn't travel anywhere by car or or plane or have the internet. So you maybe your your belief is is a little bit more you know Maybe there's a bit more of a chance that you believe that there is a place where a dragon could be. Are you saying that people who live in the Bible Belt <laughs> believe the religion their parents did and they never get out of that because they don't No, I'm saying if you're hanging out in, I don't know, Nazareth. That was sarcasm because <laughs> it's the same. Yeah. But if your world is tiny, maybe two towns over, there is a dragon. <laughs> or a different religion. We don't know. Maybe even someone whose skin is a different color. It's oh, my God. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, so that's where, So what did know, baby Jesus do with a dragon? I'm getting there. <laughs> but that's what... <laughs> but that's... Yeah, so if dragons were first written about 300 years before as, like, the ogre, the bad thing, the underworld, the... The reptilian thing that gets, you know, associated yeah. with underworld, which is hell. And then they have this sun god called Ra. Um, that is where we get today's uh, cheering of Ra, Ra, Ra. Really? No. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> one, uh, so the one month baby Jesus hopped out of his mother's arms, walked. I mean, there that's it. That's the miracle. <laughs> Hops out, walks over to the dragons and, quote, stared them down until they retired, which now I just imagine them in a rocking chair um, with a pipe. The infant Jesus then turned to his scared mother and was like, quote, do not consider me to be a little child. <laughs> and I love that, you know, he is expressing at that young age the <laughs> inner angst of a teenager. Right. Leave me alone, Mom. <laughs> I told you I can do it. I made the dragons retire. Now let's get back to cave living. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I knocked my ear things off. That's great. Uh, so I guess if they, if they didn't want him to be a dragon tamer, I love the idea that maybe at one point they were like, you know what? I don't like this dragon theme. 
<laughs> or yeah. or maybe they went maybe I, I'm just trying to put myself in the mind of what they're thinking of like all right he's got to be a real human so this makes him seem a little bit too supernatural but he was supernatural in the rest of it I think I think the whole dragon theme was too much or yeah, again, and maybe walking as an infant <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And also, if he could walk and talk, why wasn't yeah. he writing on the sides of that cave his <laughs> gospel himself? Well, okay. So um, here's another one. The King was here. <laughs> King was here. Um, I'm going to read from this other source. I like this. It says, uh, this is after the dragon lore um but the lamb of god's powers do not remain dormant for long <laughs> in one book jesus is described as playing by a stream with some other children while the other children are probably just splashing around <laughs> like yeah. like the idiots children are <laughs> jesus however is digging pools of water next to the bank in which he forms statues of birds out of the muddy clay being a miracle worker, he then turns the bird statues into real living birds, which then fly away. Oh, my gosh. Observing this, a child comes by and proceeds to splash the water in the pools with a stick. <laughs> Jesus does not take kindly to his playmate's antics and uses his spellcasting powers to wreak vengeance on him. Um, oh, evil, ungodly, and foolish one, what hurt did the pools and the waters do to thee? Behold, now also thou shalt be withered like a tree, and shall not bear leaves, neither root nor fruit. And straight away that lad withered up wholly. Oh my gosh, he this died? Is... <laughs> or his pee-pee yeah. nope. shriveled? <laughs> nope, the whole lad. Oh my um, god. This is so from the infancy a... gospel of Thomas. So he's a child killer. And yeah, obviously then. they're all playing. None are playing with him. All right. And he's like, look what I can do. Look, look, look at the birds. Splash, splash, splash. My stick. And then here comes Ryan. <laughs> Ryan. Over to him and puts the stick in there. Like, you're not Thanks, playing with Kyle. us for a reason. <laughs> so here, listen to this. Just a little later in the same day. Jesus is gallivanting about town. <laughs> I just love that they make him out to be a dick. He's um, gallivanting about town, performing errands as well as the occasional miracle. When a boy accidentally bumps against him in the street, what would Jesus do, you ask? <laughs> this time he lacks the patience to watch him wither and die. Jesus was provoked and said unto him, Thou shalt not finish thy course. And immediately he fell down and died. <laughs> oh, my God. See, that's my nightmare, though. I don't finish the course in college. So, uh, um, so yeah. So, apparently, you know, if you cross him when he was younger. He'd just he, smite you right there. Yeah. Then and there. So, um. Go ahead. You tell us another one, and then I've got a couple more for you. I wonder if he had just not been given the bracelet that said, what would Jesus <laughs> What do? would I do? Right. <laughs> WWID. 
<laughs> um, okay, so next we have In the Testimony of Truth, which, I mean, if that's the title. The it Testimony really of Truth? It should have been in the Bible. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There are lots of different books that I'm not sure if they were Gnostic or uh, outliers. And, you know, they missed the assignment, got turned in light. Anyway. Right. <laughs> this one, what I'm loving about this one is it's Old Testament. And it is about the Garden of Eden. E whoops. And it's about the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. But... It's obviously in a writing program that this was written because a student, whoever wrote it, wrote it from the point of view of the serpent. <laughs> so they were, that's what I'm saying. It's fan fiction. Like, okay, what if we, um, so it tells about the Garden of Eden. My God, it tells about the Garden of Eden, except the serpent isn't the devil, He's just a really clever animal. And God just called him devil because God was pissed off. <laughs> so the big change comes at the end of the story. And it goes with, but what sort is this God? And then starts calling out God on all the weird parts of the stories from like pretending not to know where Adam was Remember when God was calling, like, Adam, Adam, where are you? No. This Did that book, really happen in the Bible Bible? Yeah, because they were hiding because they were unclothed and ashamed and all that. They hid for, you know, 30 seconds or something. And God's like, where oh. are you? And so this one is the serpent being like, are you telling me God didn't really know where Adam was? Right. And he He's calls omniscient. out. That's it. And he calls out God for overreacting, overeating the fruit. <laughs> <laughs> and it even calls God a malicious grudger. So I can see why this one wasn't put in the Bible. Yeah. So there's also Acts of Peter. So there were a lot of, um, like, disciples uh, stories that were, like, the acts that they did in their lives. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing about the Peter one is that some of the information that was given was um, also verified or written about in some other literature about his life. So... Why this one didn't get in must only have to do with this. <laughs> Burping. Okay. As you know, or don't, Peter is also <laughs> known as the first pope of the Catholic Church. But it also uh, doesn't say this story where he is spending most of his time fighting wizard battles. See... <laughs> So, so <laughs> Peter is pitted against his arch nemesis named Simon Magus, and they are having sort of a miracle off. They're trying to see which one can do all the miracles because Peter is like, oh, God gives me the strength to do mine. And Simon's like, well, I'm a sorcerer, so I can just do mine. And so they had this whole confrontation 
because they needed to prove who was right so the people knew who to follow. Oh, and so it's like, I do my miracles on my own. You've got to get God to, to do them through you. Or Peter was pretty much saying, mine are from God. And so right. all you people need to follow what I'm saying and do this Catholic church and let me be the first pope because I want my own city and money. And the other guy is like, no, I've got the powers. So, you know, they're they're like, it's a dance off, but with miracles. <laughs> and so to prove that Peter is the real servant of God, he decides he's not only going to call out this wizard Simon, but he's going to make a dog talk and the dog go and <laughs> bless out Simon for him. So there goes the dog over to the wizard and is like, smack talk, smack talk. This is what Peter said. And then Simon the wizard answers the dog back and says, tell Peter I wasn't home. (laughs) The dog, I guess, walks back with the message. And one of the great quotes from the dog is, you know, here's a dumb animal sent unto you that has received a human voice. And then the dog finally says, aren't you ashamed? (laughs) And uh, the answer to all of that is yes. But in that gospel, besides the talking dog that they finally have to send to to go between them, is Peter feels he needs to flee that town before he's killed. Mm -hmm. And he sees an apparition of Jesus or God saying, don't leave. You know, you need to be a martyr. And everyone needs to see that. So... He does get crucified, and he requests to be crucified upside down because he doesn't feel anyone should be crucified in the same manner that Jesus was. And that upside-down crucifixion of Peter is well-known in the Catholic Church. Yeah, I had even heard of that. But do they talk about the talking dog that the guy says, tell him I'm not here? It's no. so funny, like, the magic tricks that they leave out and keep in. Right. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, so back to Jesus and his youth. Um, <laughs> apparently, after all of his nonsense, killing people for bumping into him and such, um, the Nazarenes have had enough. <laughs> they tell Joseph to discipline his child or leave town. And Joseph relays the ultimatum to his son. However, the way the savior of humanity shows mercy to those who tattle on him for being a child-killing tyrant is to reduce their punishment from death to mere blindness. So here's the quote. Jesus said, I know that these thy words are not thine. Nevertheless, for thy sake, I will hold my peace. But they shall bear their punishment. And straight away that... And straight away, they that accused him were smitten with blindness. I am in love with blindness. <laughs> Get it? Smitten? Smitten. Smitten. They were smitten kittens. Um, but 
he doesn't sound like a real nice kid. He is such a dickwad when he was a kid, <laughs> which, again, I guess that's, I mean, the first thing we got in the Bible is him at 12 being in the temple. And his parents went there to shop because you get to do that back then. They went to shop at the market, couldn't find Jesus. Then later they find him at the temple and he just smugly turns to him and is like, didn't you know that I would be at my father's house? I'm like, one, rude. <laughs> Two, you ran away without telling your parents. Like so, so automatically I did not like youthful Jesus. But that's funny. So so in the Bible Bible, we don't get anything until he's twelve. Right. Well, this explains a lot, doesn't it? It sure does. Um, wow. I mean, uh, some kids are real jerks, but... It's like those documentaries where they do <laughs> all the stuff about a famous person, then they're like, and we found some of his childhood friends. <laughs> right. Um, all right, so what else do you have? <laughs> okay, um, let's see... Do, do, do. A oh, one of my dog. It's one of my favorite is um, a gospel that we hear talked about a lot, which is the gospel of Judas, because mm -hmm. we all feel we're supposed to hate Judas. But in this book, Judas, um, who, uh, if you are, you know, super heathen and don't know, he betrayed Jesus in our traditional Bible. He betrayed Jesus to the authorities by giving Jesus a kiss on the cheek. Well, I don't even know if it says cheek. Um, in front of people so that they know, oh, that's the one who's saying he's a king. We're going to take him away and crucify him. Um, but in this book, Judas is Jesus's BFF and the only one who gets him. So <laughs> this says that Judas wasn't an evil betrayer. He was Ju Jesus's closest confidant. And National Geographic dated this gospel and came to realize it was only written in like 200 to 300 AD, which a lot of the other ones were written in that are in our Bible now. So mm -hmm. um, Jesus had tried to tell his disciples different things, but they just couldn't seem to grasp onto the idea. They kept sticking with these Old Testament, you know, you need to sacrifice a lamb and you need to do this and that ideas of things. Um, that God is outside of you and you need to offer sacrifices. But Jesus would pull Judas aside and tell him what he really was trying to say. And Judas would be the only one understanding it. And he <laughs> even said that Judas would exceed all of these others and would be the only one who would sort of go to heaven or reach enlightenment or be with him or something. Right. Because the others aren't listening to him. And what Jesus's message was in this Gnostic gospel that you are hinting at is very much a Buddhist idea. So no wonder they left it out. It was all about that God is within you. 
and that people are born forgetting their divinity and that Jesus was sent to help remind them that God is within them. So yeah. you can see how that that message not only can't control people, but would give every individual individual power and, you know, the governments and every other, you know, church leadership, money-oriented religions wouldn't be able to control people if they all had read this gospel that Jesus was trying to remind everyone, no, you've got God in you. You are part of God. Right. So he, I don't remember what he does to betray Jesus, but apparently Jesus tells him to betray him. Right. But so, what does he do? I don't remember the real version. You have to tell me. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'll have to edit it out because you uh missed that I just spent five minutes saying what he did. No, no, no. How did he I don't get I didn't get how he betrays him in the real Bible. I I know, I told about it, but I'll do do you want me to do it's about the kissing on the cheek? Do you But 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 I don't remember what that I mean maybe he kissed him on the cheek, but what did he then do? Did he then go and say he's in this room? Go get oh, him. Okay. Oh that's what I don't remember. Okay. So this um, this one states in this gospel that didn't get in the Bible that Jesus said to Judas to fulfill, you know, what I'm down here to do, you've got to do this betrayal. I, he probably didn't even call it a betrayal, but you've got to do this. So what was happening at the time? They were all sitting on one side of the table to have their last supper uh -huh. so that the photographer could take the picture. <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Judas, when the authorities came and were like, where's this guy who's trying to say he's the king? Because that is blasphemy to our real king. And they didn't know which one because they were all bearded white men. <laughs> and they didn't know who was who. So Judas was supposed to go up and signal to the police people mm -hmm. which one Jesus was so they could drag him away. Oh, okay. And, you know, so many incredible things about that story. First of all, Jesus supposedly isn't a liar, so they could just say which one is Jesus. And right, Judas doesn't right. have to be involved <laughs> at all. And so, you know, in this story anyway, Judas is his closest friend. And it makes me think of, you know, you and I, you're Judas, I'm Jesus. And <laughs> say we're old. And I Thank look you. at you and I'm like, you're my best friend. Pull the fucking plug. You know, it's it's that same thing as your closest friend. You're like, this is my destiny or this is what needs to happen. I'm going to tell you to do it because all these other idiots are going to fumble it. They're not going to pull the plug. <laughs> they're going to pull the TV, which I was watching, or they're going to, you know. So, um, yeah, so no wonder they didn't want that book to be in the Bible for many reasons. Yeah, and I guess it had to stick with something that sounded more like um, 
a story that humans would like. Yeah. Like a regular and myth. Right. And, and it adds in the devil. You know, like right, he was right. tempted. Yes. He betrayed him for money because he got 30 pounds of silver, um, all those types of things. See, I've I've forgotten all these stories. You'd never kept them in your heart. I know. I'm yep. sorry. <laughs> However, there's another one in, in a different book. Let's see. What book was this one in? Uh, 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 this was in the Acts of John. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. See, they so, all got their own acts. I know. <laughs> but Paul's so, the only one that gets in there. <laughs> he wasn't even there, but whatever. Uh, so, okay, there's another book. It's called The Acts of John. It follows Jesus' disciple on his own journeys. <laughs> so in this book, John is capable of performing miracles, but they're less impressive than Jesus's. <laughs> They're just card tricks. <laughs> um, for example, John lies down in a bed at an inn, but he can't sleep because of all of the bed bugs. Instead okay. of filing a complaint with the manager, I love this guy's <laughs> writing. <laughs> John tells the bugs, behave yourselves and makes them all leave the inn. Oh, my God. So he doesn't smite them? Smiting he would be... He doesn't smite them. He just tells them, get out. I've got and, to go to sleep. And they go in a single file line. And they all leave. Yep. Wow. Um, which reminds me of that episode of Happy Days where Fonzie's camping and he doesn't like all of the sounds of the insects and he snaps his fingers and they be quiet. Oh, I pictured the <laughs> office where Dwight and Jim are at the hotel and um, Jim pretends there's a bed bug, and he <laughs> imitates what the bed bug looks like. Well, so after after his night of sleep in the morning, the bed bugs are patiently waiting outside the door for John <laughs> to let them back in. Are like their arms crossed is <laughs> yeah. one, and they're tapping their shoes. That's right, and their little fingers are. Yeah, but wait, here's what John says to them: Since ye behaved yourselves. John tells them like a weary father trying to set his child right, come into your place. So I guess they get to go back into the bed. Man, that's very Buddhist. No wonder they took that out. Is it? You know, like cause no harm. Don't kill bugs. Oh, I guess. Yeah. And I just killed a lizard today. Yeah. Not on purpose, but had I just... <laughs> He he went and hid underneath a baseboard, and I kind of put some raid there because <laughs> I didn't want him to come out in the middle of the night and get on my mouth. No, we're gonna be turned in. <laughs> okay, so this one is a doozy. This is sort of my favorite. Good. It's from the book Apocalypse of Peter. So <laughs> Peter's. He's is had. that what it's called? Yes. Apocalypse of Peter? Yes, yes. Apocalypse <sighs> of Peter. So, um, yeah, there's been a lot of uh, things about Peter. He gets a lot of books here. But this one is great because he has been taken on a uh, virtual or real, I don't know, guided tour 
of heaven and hell so that he can report and tell everyone what's going on. And so it's like Dickens. Exactly. The ghost of Christmas. Present, past, and whenever. Okay. okay. So he, let me go down. Okay. First, let me get into um, some of the things he get, he sees when he's in heaven. In heaven, this is going to be everyone's favorite. People have pure, milky white skin. I mean, we've told you all. We've been telling you all along. No <laughs> colored people allowed. It's what we've preached, what we said. But I'm afraid to tell you, Bonnie, they also have curly hair. And then you can tell both of us. They're generally beautiful. So you're going to end up curly hair, white, uh, in heaven. Okay. Then there are uh, flowers and spices that are blooming. So I guess you get to live next to garlic uh, things. Um, people <laughs> wear shiny clothes made of light, just like South Florida. <laughs> made of um, light? Made of light, like the angels. That's all wow. it says. And then everyone sings in choral prayer which I know is your favorite. Yeah. Now, let's go down to hell. If you're a blasphemer, you are hanged by your tongue. Disgusting. Yeah. And if you're a woman who adorn themselves just for the purpose of adultery, you're hung by your hair, and uh, the men are hung by their feet— I don't know, next to them, which I guess they still get to be like, you're still At least they're good. punished for adultery and not just the ladies this time. Yeah, yeah. Um, then the murderers or people who got other people to murder for them, they're put in a pit of creepy, like, snakes and stuff. Sure. Uh, More reptiles, but not a dragon. (laughs) It's all very divided. Men who take on the role of women in a sexual way. Here we go. They are driven up a great cliff, punished (laughs) by angels, and then they're cast off to the bottom, and then they're forced to walk up again and do it over and over again, (laughs) which really... I think it's Thelma and Louise over and over again. I know. It's really not that bad. Uh, Now, they really come down on the women who've had abortions. Um, Can you imagine an abortion back in that day? You would die anyway. Uh, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And why were you pregnant? Let's be real. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Let's be real. Okay, so... Women who have had abortions because, you know, they were forced upon by other people, um, they are set in a lake that's formed from blood and gore from the other punished people. So, and it's up to their necks. And then they're tormented by spirits of their unborn children who are just sitting on the edge. I mean, if you picture this, it's such... A painting of mythology that yeah, you see I mean, how all of it, yeah. So it's quite like what a kid would imagine would be a punishment. 
Right. Or sitting around just like, okay, what's the worst thing we can think of? You're um, not going to let me be born? Oh, I'm going to be born so in the, hell. <laughs> that's right. So and now, torture I you. Guess, yep. So these unborn children sitting around, and then they also flash fire into the eyeballs of the women who, <laughs> quote, had to abort them. Um, so give to your local Planned Parenthood. Uh, these <laughs> unborn children are also simultaneously delivered to an angel who takes care of them and, this is what I call punishment, educates them and makes them grow up. <laughs> so I guess they still get to grow up in whatever world they're in. Um, now, what I do agree with is people who lend money and then charge a lot of interest Right. Uh, have to stand up to their knees in poop and blood. Oh. Mm, that one. <laughs> I'm for So greed. Yeah. So these two brothers found these books, and we'll post a picture of what the books looked like. Um, they're bound in leather, and they were in these urns. So let's see. Uh, they call it the Nag Hammadi Library. Um, and then there's a woman who found uh, or who got to read and examine all the papyrus manuscripts. Um, mm -hmm. her, her name is Elaine, I guess, Pagels. But uh, she was discussing how the teaching of these Gospels differ from the ones that landed in the Bible. Um, and she <laughs> said the ones in the Bible say that Jesus is utterly unique and you have to know about Jesus because your salvation depends on it. Right. While the ones in these texts say, yes, Jesus is a manifestation of divine light, but so are you. The right. light is buried in you and me, obscured and forgotten. And Jesus speaks as one who is divine, but the same potential is in everyone. So that talks about what you're talking about with Judas. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, and who, how can you control people with that message? No, you can't. Yeah. yeah. And it's saying that one's salvation is in discovering who you are. I just love that. So this was such a fun thing to, to research for me. Um, and then it goes on to say, it's perhaps no wonder then that in a power seeking religious organization, uh, that they would reject a gospel, which granted spiritual authority to the individual along with salvation through inward exploration. Absolutely. Yeah. So it had practical purposes. Yeah. You know, and it can be like, that would make me understand Jesus being a dick of a kid more if he was also experiencing the real person, you know, living as a real person and realizing along the way that he was God rather than him being born as God, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and then just being a dick occasionally. So... Yeah, But all of this makes me wonder, if so many of these different things were written, are, are they all fan fiction? Well, I mean, if he existed, how did all these stories come to be? Well, the same way that we have different ones of different myths, too. You know, it's yeah. the old uh, 
you know, uh, storytelling way, and only a few people were educated enough to then put it on paper. But like you said, it's a game of telephone, or it's someone who, you know, wants to become a um, college writing teacher, and they're like, let me get all this stuff down. But I think (laughs) all of it... Uh, we do not have original copies of the Bible. All of them are copies of copies of copies. And right. all of them are down the line in different ways. And some didn't agree with other manuscripts of the copies. Uh, you know, so there's just... The, it, when people, like we were raised, believing that everything is the word of God... Right. That's but somewhere what, along the line, all these old men, I'm sure it is, had to mm-hmm. decide what would be considered the word of God. Right, right. And they and they had to go off and pray on it, and they had board meetings mm-hmm. where they made the decision. And if there was an argument, I'm sure they went off and prayed and then came together and made an executive decision. Yeah, and said, God told me this and God told me that. Right. And then we can talk about the King James Bible, the first one later, about what a shit show that actually was. But, you know. um, (laughs) That sounds like a real funny episode. It's hilarious. (laughs) But generally, you know, you're having uneducated scribes copy and copy things, and some just did it wrong, you know. And it was all a race to get it out really quickly. So there you go. It's just funny to think that maybe somebody came, maybe, possibly somebody made up the story about him, you know, striking kids dead. Uh, Well, you know, maybe they made up the story about everything else. Or maybe (sighs) the story wasn't that he, like, struck them dead. Maybe he beat the shit out of them. Or, uh, yeah, he didn't I just mean, point his finger and go, you, I'm striking down. He Maybe he actually struck them. Yeah. He um, was just like a little shit, shit kid. Mm-hmm. Who probably then turned out to be, um, like Charles Manson, very charismatic. Jesus or the kid? Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, they always talk about these serial killers and how they start young killing animals. That's it. Well, Jesus was doing the opposite. He was creating them. (laughs) Making birds out of clay. But someone, (laughs) we have different artists who who live, who listen to this. So if you're out there and have (laughs) um, a few hours, uh, (laughs) you're not doing anything (laughs) else. And want to make, I really want to see the thing where baby Jesus is walking and talking. I keep picturing it, don't you? Yes, and making (laughs) dragons retire. I really want to see that. But it was probably, uh, there was probably so little law and order back then. I mean, can you, you've seen the, um, the, the TV shows about kids who are just not controllable. Yeah, and I they mean, what beat kids are. people up, and they have they have mental problems. So now we're saying Jesus had mental problems. I don't know, but I mean, maybe he thought uh, that he it was okay just to go killing people, and maybe he 
was schizophrenic and thought he was Jesus. <laughs> Lizzie was he, named Jesus. He was the first one <laughs> to have a Christ complex. <laughs> Okay, well, if you have any interesting, funny stories, or you're a Gnostic, or you've read all of these, and you want to tell us some of your other favorite ones, stories from these, send it to us at deconversiontherapy.com. There's a little place that you can send stuff to us. Yeah, send us your letters. We'd love to hear what church was like in your country. Yeah, like the guy from England said, are there any other Chrizos in here? Chrizos. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll see you later. Don't be a shit pile. Or we will retire you. Or we'll strike you all blind. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make you leave and you can patiently wait outside our door. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>